Hello everyone and welcome to How Not to K-Pop with Sean and Henry. Hey, how's it going guys? We are good and we're delving deep into a bad boy, B-boy, the one and only Jay Park. We'll yeah, cover Jay- this boy. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> we'll yeah, cover- so Jay Park... Mm. <laughs> No, I'm going to keep bothering you. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep blocking you. This whole episode will just be getting through the intro. Yeah, it's for 40 J-Park. minutes long. Of, <laughs> of interruptions, yep. Yeah, but, but no no, Jay Park is something to really look into. It's got quite an interesting history with K-pop and if you think about it, not not trying to put shade on Jay Park, but it's like he's the uh he's the Unsuccessful rain. <laughs> wow, that's a big call. Uh, Unsuccessful rain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's pretty <laughs> damn successful. Like we are going to cover that a little bit. How he's self-made hip hop R and B legend in Korea and worldwide. I would say he's uh-huh. one of the only South Korean K-pop K R and B acts I know that is signed to a US label. And runs his own labels, but we'll go into all of that a little later on. And we're covering Jay Park's not so good side as well. He had a bit of a MySpace <laughs> meltdown years ago, and it ended up in him leaving the country. We will get into that. And also, some very recent news of some JYP alumni following in his footsteps. And we give love to what Jay Park does best breakdancing. Yes, breakdancing. This breakdance was uh, is actually pretty big underground in South Korea as well. So having having someone bring that into the limelight is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool that you're a fan. Like I don't know that much about breakdancing, but you're kind of you fill me in sometimes. I'm like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I used to practice breakdancing back in high school, and I was horrible, but. <laughs> It gave it gave me a bit of coordination, and the fact that now that I think back on it, holy crap! I used to have some strength in me. Now I'm a big marshmallow, and <laughs> I can't do I can't hold myself up in a simple freeze anymore. But you, you know? do a good podcast. That, that's thank key. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yes, it's why I'm here, and not in competitions with breakdancing. J Park, Park J Bomb, born and raised in Edmonds. <laughs> Metro Seattle, US of A. And when he was a teenager, he joined the breakdance crew Art of Movement, or AOM. And in 2004, he auditions for JYP in America. He selected and flown to Korea to train under JYP. So after appearing on Mnet's show Hot Blood Men, which is a show about JYP's group One Day, which was later split into 2am and 2pm, 2PM being Jay Park's group, they officially debut in 2008 with their single 10 out of 10. He's known as J-Bomb at this time. And he's appearing on variety shows. He's doing some collabs with some really awesome artists like K-Will and Na'Vi. Now, just uh, before you continue, uh, for listeners who don't know anything about Jay Park, other than just what we just mentioned, uh, what you'll need to understand is that Jay Park was not financially well off. In his it was early humble days. beginnings. It really was humble beginnings. And hearing he's yeah, getting yeah. flown to Korea, like it's sort of like something out of a movie. This is amazing. To be scouted and to become a, a K-pop idol is 
everyone's dream nowadays. It, for me, it would have been my dream. Well, it's not really a dream, but it would have been a, a dream I didn't know I had come true. Ten, like not ten, five years ago, right? I'm sure uh, Nicole, if uh, let's say five years ago she was scouted to be a K-pop idol, she'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Because you know, there's your opportunity to do something that number one, you know, that you never thought you were capable of or thought would be an interest to you, and such an opportunity doesn't just come by, you know, every so often. It's very rare, and for them to see talent in you. That really pushes your ego up, you know. So Jay Park, not well off, but JYP, just here's the money. I'm gonna fly you in. We'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. You're gonna debut in the world of Korean music. And he does debut in 2008, but one year later, September 2009, Jay Park leaves 2 p.m. and he goes back to Seattle for a much-needed break. He performs with AOM, and he starts a YouTube channel in 2010 with a viral video of a cover of the hit Nothing But You by B.O.B. and Bruno Mars. And in July 2010, Jay Park goes back to Korea for the movie Hype Nation. He's signed to Cytus HQ, and he later releases a solo debut EP, Count On Me. To a little bit of fanfare, they didn't really promote it, but it was number 32 on the Garland year-end charts. And he's collaborating with people such as the Illionaire crew, uh, The Quiet and Docky. And he even appeared in a movie, Mr. Idol. So he's hustling already uh, in his mm-hmm. comeback to Korea. He, he, he's really doing really well during that period on his own. Like This is after leaving 2PM mm. and on his own gets back into the world or gets into his style of music. Because, you know, K-pop is a style, and 2PM had their style. They had their personality, you could say. Absolutely. And yeah. when you leave it, yeah, when you leave it, then uh, you you don't necessarily need to separate the kind of personality that 2PM had and that what you may have uh, joined, in, joined in with. Now that you separate it, you can then show off your own personality, your own style in K-pop or, or, or Western pop, R&B, hip-hop, dance, whatever whatever you like. So Jay Park, after leaving, he became more free. And because of that, he suddenly, what, performs with AOM, collaborates with Quiet, Doki. He gets, uh, what, uh, no, number 32 on the Garn year-end charts for Count On Me after having left 2PM, after having left the people that backed him. Right, like he's JYP independent Baggy. now. So to be 32 exactly. as an independent artist, that is impressive for sure. He, w- he went back to being financially not well off <laughs> and became well off <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and got back into the scene. That's that's crazy, man. That's that's great. That's awesome. And Cytus HQ, it's worth mentioning his label that signed him. They manage uh, first wave K-pop legends, G.O.D., and also some famous actors and actresses, so Kim Hye-yoon of Sky Castle, most notably. And he also starts working with Cha-Cha Malone, who he would later form higher music with, and we'll get all into that in a moment. Is, is, is Cha-Cha Malone a dude or a woman? Yeah, it's a guy. In fact, he's African-American a little bit. Uh, I think he's mixed, <laughs> though, yeah. For people who, like... I don't know who Cha Cha Malone is, and I never st- I never searched the the dude up. But every time I listen to a J Park song, and it's usually a girl with a seductive deep voice going like 
cha uh, what what is it? What I is that line? Cha cha bait boy. Yeah. So right. I, my my assumption is that it's a girl. <laughs> and <laughs> my second assumption is is J Park and this Cha Cha Malone dating? Oh, <laughs> that's not the case. Sorry to best you. That's not bubble. the case as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I thought Cha Cha Malone was a chick. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so a couple more successful releases follow Count on Me, Take a Deeper Look, and New Breed in particular. And in 2013, J Park forms his own label, AOMG, and he releases Evolution in 2014, and the AOMG roster is epic. Grey, Loco, DJ Wagon, Simon Dominic, Hoodie, all these basically now considered legends in the rap space, the K-hip-hop space. And his next few releases, Jay Park's next few releases, they chart high on Billboard's World Albums chart, so a US-based company. So Worldwide Albums, number five, after Evolution, and Everything You Wanted was number three, his next follow-up to Evolution. And 2017, J Park forms Higher Music with Cha Cha Malone, and J Park is also signed to Jay-Z's label Rock Nation for his US stuff. Amazing. Mm-mm. This is his step into the West. Right, and his, his, the label he formed with Cha Cha Malone, Higher Music, it's got that Seattle artist and Korean artist. It's got Raz Simone, PH1, Sick K, Woogie. It's a really cool concept to combine these two cultures together to create basically the best music you can. Yeah, ultimately, that, is... if you're mixing yeah. cultures, I think you do get a better sound out of it, just a more interesting sound. It, and at this point, it's it's where I mention he's like Jay Z becomes an. A bit of an unsuccessful uh, reign. <laughs> Would you say Jay Z is a bit what? Not Jay Z, J Park. Oh, J Park, J Park. Right, 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 right. Yeah, not Jay Z. No, yeah, separate. <laughs> but, yeah. I I sort of get what you mean now because he is worldwide, but he's also mm. he, he's not right. That's just a fact. He's not quite well, you, status. You need to understand what Rain's done for people who don't know. Check out our Rain uh, episode on Rain, uh, which was released uh, like a month ago. Weeks. Yeah, probably a month ago. Anyway, check it out. It's one of the older episodes. But um, in regards to Rain, he's a world star, and he literally paved the way for other K-pop artists to enter the Western music scene. Not just the Western music scene, even Hollywood, because Rain eventually acted in movies. He acted in Speed Racer, Ninja Assassin, where he was the lead actor in a Hollywood film. The guy's a singer, and suddenly he's acting in Hollywood. He brought K-pop to uh, across the West, and he and his style actually incorporated Western music, Western R&B, with a minor K-pop elements, and brought it back to, showed it off to South Korea. That's how he got big. So he was like the best of both worlds, and he was successful for it. He was good. J-Park, he's good. J-Park has the skills. The style, he's got his niche as well because he's very good with R&B. He's very good with hip-hop. But compared to what Rain has done, for some reason, J-Park doesn't meet the success that Rain achieved. Even though Rain uh, paved the way, you, you'd expect, you know, by 27. Rain, Rain did this back in, like, early, two, like, mid to late 2000s. So, and it's by 2017, J-Park... Forms higher music, 
with Char Char Malone, gets signed into a Jay Z label, Rock Nation. This is 2017. But even then, his success in both worlds at the level that Rain had to go through, it's, it's night and day. Don't you think, Sean? I think that's a very fair statement, but I also think that Jay Park's approach was so different to Reigns, and so I don't think necessarily it's even worth comparing them in a way, just because their approach to their success was so different, and they sought success in such different areas. Mm. So in 2019, Jay Park announces he's retiring, and we'll get into why a little later on. And in 2020, he posts on Instagram. This is sort of the most recent happening. He's posted on Instagram talking about one last tour. So that's that's where we're at with Jay Park. <laughs> I bet you give him like five more years, he'll be back. I sort of feel that way too. <laughs> yeah. He's not going well, anywhere. If, come on. <laughs> if the world star can come back after getting married, having a kid, and then <laughs> get into a random variety show where he as a just part of a television variety show, makes a new random group with a host and another old, uh, another classic last last generation singer. <laughs> Jay Park, Jay Park, Jay Park can do his crap. He he can he can come back whenever he wants. All right. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the MySpace meltdown. Here we go. We're going back, way back. All right, sixteen years now. 2005, Jay Park is in high school, and he's moving to Korea to be a trainee with JYP, and he makes some comments on MySpace, such as, quote, Korea is gay. I hate Koreans. Korea is whack, unquote. 2009, 2PM's just debuted. JBoom is part of a big JYP group, very successful, so naturally, there's haters. Netizens go after him, and they dig up his past and these MySpace posts from 2005. And it blows up. This becomes a very huge deal. (laughs) A lot of angry people. So September 4th, Jay Park posts an apology. As I tell all of you about how I felt that time, I also would like to apologize. In January of 2005, I came to Korea as a high school student. I was born in the States, and I had insufficient knowledge of how Korea is. Being it my first time, I couldn't communicate with others, my taste buds didn't fit, and I barely knew the culture which I couldn't understand. I felt as though I was treated coldly by the people around me as my family was left in the States. So this is early in his career. He's training to be an idol. So he's left his family. He's left his country. He's in a foreign world. He's alone. Doing to be yeah. frank, he's alone. And yeah. his English is better than his Korean uh, at the time, I believe. Right, right. So, so he's going to have a, a huge, like, emo- not trauma, not emotional trauma, but uh, stress. Emotional, emotional stress. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And it would be a mess. He's young. He would not necessarily know how, necessarily know how to handle it. He's, what, 2005. He's a high schooler, right? When it when uh, he started doing uh, the training for uh, JYP Entertainment, so when you're young, you 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 quote not not quote but you you comment 
very, very, sometimes very harshly, offensively, and you don't really care about others as much because you're just trying to quote, you're just trying to let off steam. You're trying to express your frustration. At the time, MySpace was huge. You know, social uh, media was just barely getting started, and that was a, a way to let off steam. But nowadays, you you know, if you do that online, it's going to be immortalized forever. And people from anywhere around the world can bring that crap up and use it against you. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with expressing your frustration. What was wrong is uh, the fact that, yeah, well, he had to do it online. <laughs> I, I don't know if you agree with that. Space. No, that's right. And we covered that with yeah. the Tiara episode, the Tiara scandal. Just keep it private. If, it's, if you're going to mm. have these thoughts or say these controversial things that you know will piss off a lot of people, keep it private. Keep it to yourself, in fact. Yeah, yeah. J, J Park, though, he's different from uh, all the other members of 2PM at the time. Um, right, right. So, so he he'll tell you. So J Park, in as uh, Sean continues reading the apology, uh, J Park will actually, or even uh, the boss of JYP Entertainment, JYP himself, will mention the type of person J Park is and how his comments writing out like that is part of, you know, it's what he would do. He's someone who would express his frustration and not hold himself back, let it in, and not tell anyone. That's not the type of person he is. So, yeah, continue, Sean. Yep, he he goes on. It was such a difficult situation where I didn't even know if I was going to debut. Due to many hardships, things were getting too hard, and I was getting lonely being homesick. I had the thoughts of quitting, and I wanted to go back to my family in the States. The comment based on the career part. I wrote that because of my personal situation I was placed in, and my emotions took over. I was too young and said things in the wrong words. I was too foolish, young, and facing difficulties where I made the mistake into turning my surroundings worse. Time passed by, and I forgot that I had even written them. I am now embarrassed and truly sorry of those comments I had made. After that time, I had adjusted to everything, and my thoughts have changed tremendously, as I thank the people around me to get me to perform on stage in any situation. Exactly. You know, right. you grow up. You grow up. You become a more mature person. You know, back then, Comic Sans was a huge thing. Oh my gosh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I look at my past, or people can pick out uh, a certain part in my high school life where, oh my God, Henry used Comic Sans. Henry used leet speak. You know when people yeah, the, use uh, oh, <laughs> so all the numbers so, randomly placed inside words. Oh my dear. god, my god! Like, you think text messaging nowadays is shorthand and making people forget their grammar, mate? When <laughs> when texting when texting first started, social media like uh, MSN Messenger yeah. came. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were writing with like the co- not the commas with numbers and then using the colons. Oh, you use yeah. the dashes. You use the. You use that line. You know how you got the backslash and the forward slash, mm. and then there's that the one that's just a middle line. Yes, like vertically. Yes, vertically down. Yeah, yeah. We use that. We use a vertical line, a dash, and a vertical line, and that's H. Right. <laughs> that's how I write my name. Okay, uh, that that's high school period using Comic Sans combined with that sort of cringy trends at the time my god you pick it up now you can talk crap about me all you like and you yeah. could 
so much ammunition. I'd say every single person that I've ever met has stuff they did in high school that makes them cringe, whether it's Mm. shoes they wore, clothes they wore, a haircut they got, or something they said, something they did, the way they talked, the way they walked, anything, it does make them cringe. There is something in their high school years. And unfortunately, Jay Parks is kind of extra severe in a way, but Mm. it's high school. He was growing up still. That's right. Mm. You don't realize how the the problems that could happen, the consequences that could happen until years down the road. And assuming people just pick it out again. So in in Jay uh, Park's situation, people picked it out, brought it back up into the limelight. Like, was it 2005? They brought it back up in 09, right? 2009? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. In, in, 2000 and, in 2009. So that's like people going, Henry, did you know when you play down ball... You used to give a na- give names to your moves. <laughs> that was cringe, man. What do you? Yeah. So <laughs> you're telling me that when I'm like 20 years, it's like that was 20 years ago. Oh my god. No, right. It gets to a point where it doesn't really yeah. matter, or it's it's just the situation is more like we've all moved on from that. Which yeah, uh, call me. I kind of feel weeaboo, like weeaboo. Jay Park in 2017 sort of summed it up in that way. He says. You know, I was in culture shock. I was very ignorant. I was very naive. I said some comments. Someone dug up some of the comments that I said. Korea's whack. I don't know what's going on. That's how you talk when you're young. Like, Korea's gay. Over here, everyone talks like that. But if you translate it literally, they were like, ah, Jay Park's racist. He doesn't like Koreans. That's sort of, that's sort of what we were saying. But I think that very last comment is sort of true as well. Like, We, in high school, just to fit in, I was saying, like, awful, awful things in hindsight. But at the time, I was Mm. like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm saying these awful things, you know? Everyone everyone knows of the N-word. The N-word that you're not allowed to say. Right, right, right. It's to African-Americans, right? Right. So, I've actually said that word in primary school. Yeah. Like, you're you're a child and you want to be cool. So, you see others doing it in some situation. And you're like, oh. I want to be cool too. So mm. I, I do sympathize with that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I've, I've used that N-word when I was in primary school, right? This is like grade five. I'm 11. Every, all the kids were secretly using it without the teachers knowing. Well, that's okay. it. No, sorry, Henry. Yeah. You're going to have to move country like Jay Park. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> off, I'll off join to... the army. <laughs> yeah, join yeah. I'll join the army like SS... <laughs> 501, double S 501. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a good tactic, uh, though, eh? People would forget if you just ceased to exist in their general vicinity. Just move 500, 5,000 kilometers away. Yeah, or you could just change your uh, MySpace account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? That's, yeah, that's not me. That's way. Park J. Park <laughs> J said this. <laughs> I'm, I'm Payjark. Hello. <laughs> I'm Paige Young. Not Jay Park, no. It is oh, cool geez. that he owned up to it, actually, uh, looking at it that way. Like, he took responsibility. That's really mature of him. Yeah, he matured. Absolutely. And JYP, well, this is how we'll end this segment. JYP yeah. uh, actually gave some really awesome words regarding this. Quote, I've received much shock from what Jay Boom wrote four years ago to his friend. So he wrote this in 2009. 
Could it have been another celebrity? I myself would have felt much anger, resentment, and abandonment at his words. But I have known Jabum for so long that those words are not surprising to me. I already knew Jabum was that kind of child. When Jabum first came to Korea four years ago, he was very rebellious and out of line. To Jabum, there are only two types of people. His family and those that are not his family. If I were him, I would have made the same decision. The most important thing is that Jaebom is not 2PM's Park Jaebom, but a child, a teenager Jaebom. So JYP, first off, the man who would know him on a very personal level, forgives him. That's kind of important. And it's he sort of gives insight into how J-Park was being forced to be this persona at JYP, and he was being trained and forced not to act himself which J-Park just fundamentally, his values, he can't do that. Yeah, the world of, uh, the world of idleness, uh, pop, pop, population, no. The, the world of being a K-pop idol is very tough because you have a personality that may not necessarily be suitable to the public. So you do have to change or exaggerate certain right. parts of you and here's something you need to understand jaybum jay park was part of a group of 2pm and they 2pm as a group had to uh, exude a certain personality a certain style so that way when people think of 2pm they think of that style but if there was one guy or two guys in the group that were completely different to the style of 2pm then suddenly they think of 2pm but they're not they, they may not think of the style of 2pm they might think of 2pm this person or 2pm that person it brings up those specific people instead and that creates problems with the image of the group and obviously you don't want to do that the group is a group you are one whole rather than just separate here separate there this person that person that person as 2pm you are a whole single being you all together all these people make up the group and if one of you are out of like out of line or whatnot it breaks that image. It breaks that person, personality or personalization of that group. And suddenly it doesn't seem to be working properly. It, it doesn't seem like it's a group anymore. It's a mess. It becomes a problem. So right. that's and why... JYP yeah. recognizes that, basically. And even though he valued Jay Park and wanted him to remain at 2pm just because he knows how talented he is and how amazing 2pm could be with him he also totally understood and respected that jay park is his own person and he can't really bend to anyone he mm. has to be himself at all times absolutely remember jyp took jay park from another country like it not didn't steal him but <laughs> not kidnapped <laughs> but so i saw potential basically mm. and trained him up but jay park is not uh, how do I say? He's not born in South Korea. He's American. He's Korean American. He's just born in America. Okay, he's born in and born and grew up in Edmonds Metro, Seattle, USA. His personality reflects that uh, the nation, not nation, but reflects the 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 American. I'll yeah, say. because he was brought up there. Right, right, right. So he now has exactly. values similar to, <coughs> uh, well, the values of a Korean-American. 
basically. Not a South Korean who grew up in Seoul or in Busan or, mm-hmm. you know, in those places. Right. Yeah. There, there's here, Here's something else that I find, uh, at least what my, even, even what my parents uh, tell me from experience, is that those or Asians who are brought up from the West are much more individual. They they have their ind- they they show off more of their independence. They're willing to do things outside of what's comfortable or traditional because they're brought up to be to have that freedom, to have that bit more freedom and a bit more open mind in that sense. And then compared to those from uh, Asian countries, they tend to be a bit more traditional, have a bit more focus, a bit more culture, and in a way that limits or narrows their uh, willingness to try new things or look at uh look at something from a different perspective they're, they're not able or not willing to because they've been uh taught from a young age to keep in this sort of mindset so they become less individual and they're more like you know you got to hold back you got to keep everything you have to have this so you got to you got to bow down you got to be nice to everyone always show respect and always be uh always be showing respect to your seniors even if even if they're mean to you it doesn't matter whereas in the west if they're mean to you well, tell them to off <laughs> i don't care how old you are off like get lost if you're mean mean to me i'm not respecting you no more you know what i mean so you got these two things as well that's something yeah else there's to be culture clash it wasn't just mm, a mm. culture shock there was culture clash yeah i totally mm, mm. i get that mm. yeah so yeah jyp man good on you mate good on you well, maybe. I don't know. I, With our next bit of news, I have a feeling that maybe something's going on at JYP because one of JYP's biggest groups ever, GOT7, the members didn't renew their contracts at JYP and one of them is leaving for J-Park's label AOMG. Well, he sees the potential that AOMG has for this Oh, so he was like, yeah, it's cool. You can leave. He didn't put up a fight. <laughs> well, I, I bet I bet your JYP is like, oh, I can see that you've got this potential that I think uh, J-Park's label, AOMG, might help you much more than what JYP Entertainment can help you with. Mm. That's why, like, here's, here's something you need to understand about JYP. All right, JYP Entertainment and the big head honcho, JYP himself, the man himself, JYP has a habit of letting go people with really good potential who end up becoming <laughs> famous idols on their own in other, <laughs> on their own or in other other uh companies other entertainment companies right like Ray so, way back when and yes right <laughs> right i think i don't i don't remember necessarily who was it iu well sunmi as well of wonder girl sunmi uh toa from a uh, former uh, former member of aoa there was EXID's Honey. Yeah. As well. They they all applied to uh, debut, or not debut, they applied to be an idol and train under JYP Entertainment. And JYP himself was like, yeah, nah, sorry, mate, you don't fit, you're not, you don't work with our entertainment company. Sorry, bye. <laughs> and they ended up becoming famous in other groups, in other companies, make, making their own names. They become competitors, competition to JYP's own groups. Crazy man, that's something to that's something you need to remember about JYP. Okay, I, I think so, it's a little simpler though. I think it does come down to oh, yeah? 
if we boil it down to the simplest thing, I, I do think it's money. I think this is a decision made based on finance and money. And oh, yeah? these members leaving are leaving their contracts rather than leaving JYP. As in, they still look upon him favorably and they're grateful to him and what have you. But the contract they couldn't agree on. They just couldn't get the the pay they wanted. They couldn't get the money they wanted. Well, hold up, so hold leaving. up. Got, but got seven, like like Jay like Jay Park's successful in his own right. Okay. Yeah. Got seven is hella successful in their own right. So how can they not? How could money be a problem? When GOT7 has success. Right. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying that they want a bigger cut because they see themselves as so successful and JYP possibly wasn't willing to give that to them or something along those lines. So the members felt it best to just part ways with the label and continue to be successful elsewhere where they can get a little more money. Yeah, think thinking about it, if you've watched the music videos, a lot of... Uh, reactors tend to mention, or at least from what I've seen on YouTube, that a lot of the uh, K-pop reactors tend to say, "Oh, look at the look at the amount of effort they put in their music videos, their costumes, the makeup, everything. There's so much work put into it. There must be a lot of money thrown into it to really stand out, just for a music video." You look at the West, it's just a hand camera and Ed Sheeran on a guitar, right? You do that, that's it. Oh, you have someone, and then the other half is the same camera. You just follow a, a, a hot girl around and occasionally cut back to Ed Sheeran. So <laughs> very simple stuff here. But in the world of K-pop, it's just so many wardrobe changes, uh, so so many set changes, all the lights, and the amount of... Uh, money thrown into getting the choreography, getting the right uh, DJ or the right collaborators. There's so much money put into it that any pay, it just seems like any pay that uh, whatever group is, like let's say let's say God7, uh, any money that comes into God7, that first the money goes and pays everything else, all the other expenses, and they're huge. You look at the music videos, it looks like it's cost like millions of dollars just to, or probably 10 millions, ten, tens of millions from the looks of it. Like, that's a lot of money gone. And then whatever's left over would be considered the income for the group, for GOT7 in this case. And yeah, I guess it does make sense now that I think about it, that GOT7 wouldn't really get much of an income because most of the money just gets gets lost into paying off uh, equipment, <laughs> in a way. No, right on. There's so yeah. many expenses in being an idol that the actual royalties they would receive would not be that much. And that's what the members that are leaving specifically are. Yugyeom is going to AOMG, and one of the mixed members, an American member, Mark, is going back to America, just like Jay Park did all those years ago. These guys are Jay Park. Uh, Zero, no, uh, J Park version two and version three. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. They're going to have huge R&B careers from this point onwards. Massive hip-hop careers. <laughs> well, think, uh, I mean, think about it. Perhaps with AOMG, they don't use as much money for their music videos. Maybe they put more emphasis on the idol themselves. 
to and maybe that's attractive plan. to you, Gil. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah, without doubt, JYP is continuing to be successful. So it's more to your taste. Like, what are you looking for in the way you're treated by your company? Because in a way, they're all good to certain people. It's a subjective thing. So, yeah, just find the right label for you, basically. Yeah, I think uh, for yu gi leaving JYP and going to AOMG, which is, again, J Park's label, I betcha it, it's what AOMG has to offer Yu-Gi-Oh, that yu gi likes. It's got to be the, the, the hip-hop side. It's got to be, right? I don't, I don't I see agree. AOMG really doing anything. Their, their main music would be hip-hop, if you think about it. Right, right. Yeah, it's dance. Uh, the 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 choreographies is much less mm, it's much more hip hop rather than the uh, kind of choreographies you see in a lot of k-pop groups yeah like right those on, are right hard, those are, yeah those are hard choreos if you, you like you learn a dance from let's say twice you learn a dance from got 7 you learn whatever those dances those moves that's part of a choreo but you can't use it if you had to improvise on the spot Maybe maybe uh, Yu-Gi-Oh likes how for J Park's label, the choreos sure um, they have a choreo, but those moves are like base moves, basic moves that you learn, and when you master them, you can improvise with them, like basic hip hop moves. You learn, you know the basic hip hop moves, and suddenly you can do basic hip hop to any song with your own style. You know what I mean? And maybe J Park's label offers that side of things, and Yu-Gi-Oh finds that attractive. Since we're talking about dancing, breakdancing. Jay Park is a b-boy. He actually has some really amazing Instagram videos he did during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic of him dancing in apartments or hotels or what have you. Breakdancing. And I love those videos, and I just wish breakdancing was much more of a thing than it is, especially with the advent of TikTok, like... Why isn't everyone breakdancing again? TikTok, really? Because the general population can't breakdance. They, they, <laughs> they, they don't have the physicality for it. It's Let's hard. Breakdancing is hard. Yeah. Hella, hella coordination and strength. Without a doubt, you need strength. You need a bit of balance as well. That's Depending what makes it on so the kind cool, of moves you do. I think. The fact that it's hard makes it so cool because uh, you respect the skill. Just like, I guess, ballet. Not that ballet's cool, but you respect ballet because of you recognize how hard it is to do. Mm, absolutely. Breakdancing is like doing gymnastics, mm. but uh, it's, to, it, number one, it's to music. Number two, at some points, it feels like a fight. I believe. Yeah. Or it feels like, to me, it feels like a breakdance, a b-boy battle, a breakdance battle, a duel is like fighting for turf. You have one group versus another group. And instead of them like shooting each other with guns or stabbing each other or having drug wars, instead, they send out three of their best B-boys, their best breakdancers. One group sends out three, the other group sends out three. And they whoever group has the best moves to top the other group, they they win the turf like that. That's how they do their battle. Wow. I believe breakdancing break also had uh, some... Some influences from martial arts. But no one dies. How good is that? No one dies. <laughs> well, 
I don't think anyone's died from breakdancing. I'm not sure. Has anyone died? I, I hope not. I don't believe has... anyone has. Yes. What? What uh, happened? Well, <laughs> no, hold up. Because <laughs> it's different has anyone... if the person was breakdancing then got shot. That's technically what? not dying by breakdancing. So there is one. This is back in 84, though. 1984, uh, someone died of breakdancing. Yes, a man, a man doing a complicated breakdance routine died after he fell and dislocated his neck. Twenty, he was 27 years old. Oh my! Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. I that, remember you. these are. Well, if you're doing power moves, moves that are like, are like you're doing gymnastics in the air without any bars or whatever. Yeah, there's there's always some sort of risk that there you might end up risk. hurting yourself. Yeah. And it could be really bad. You could end up like this gentleman. And that here. makes it, it even, even cooler. I respect it even more. Technically, these breakdance, these B-boys are putting their lives on the line. Yeah, wow. but the stuff they do is absolutely amazing. Um, you never th- you never think it's humanly possible. And that's just breakdancing. There are other styles of hip-hop uh, that are just as crazy. I remember watching a, a YouTube video where it had machine, human, alien, and it showed three different styles of dance, hip-hop dance, that one showed very machine. So, like, the robot, but the modern kind of robot. So, it's a lot of popping. Uh, yeah, yeah. Locking. Yeah. You got human, where uh, they decide to make it a bit more dramatic. So, they show off breakdancing, the real strong power moves, where they're flying in the air doing these whirly-twirlies, and it, it looks impossible, but they're able to do it without any problems and suddenly they do a freeze on one hand on the ground the rest of their bodies in the air perfectly bounced doing a star shape and they're giving the, the opponent the finger like that's the human and then suddenly the alien one is you know the you know those hip-hop uh dancers the uh, bone breakers you heard of them sean yeah i have bone breakers mm-hmm. yeah bone breakers yes yeah. so they they don't break their own bones but no. <laughs> uh, because of the joints that they have uh, they can do certain moves that the general person would not be able to do. Right, right. It's hard to say, but... Oh, it looks you, insane. You Honestly, it yeah. looks unnatural. It looks not human. Honestly. You but, know, yeah. like the movie Exorcist, the girl doing the <laughs> back thing, going down the stairs. Imagine that, but to a song. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> right? twice doing that. My... Wait. Oh, God. Okay, I've lost my mind there, but my point being... <laughs> Why yeah. aren't more K-pop groups doing this breakdancing stuff? Why isn't the dance to like Ua <laughs> a, a head spin followed by a freeze? Head <laughs> spin followed by a freeze. First of all, it's not easy doing a head spin into a freeze. You need <laughs> you need a lot you need a lot of work. A to lot of control. Get into that experience, a lot of abs. Yeah. yeah. That's that's breakdancing. Breakdancing is crazy, but there are some really crazy hip hop styles out there as well, just as awesome. And uh, yeah, without a doubt, like I did breakdancing. The best I could do was a a, a cricket. You, search awesome. it up. Go on YouTube. Awesome. Search it up. Yeah, you, and you're spinning around on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, technically, it's one hand for the balance. On one hand, does the spinning and it hops. The other hand is balanced. And it helps to push. Your legs don't touch the floor. You're just right, it's just right. these two hands. One one you got your and you got your elbow stabbed into your abdomens as well. Right. It's right, painful. Right. You're off the ground. Your ha- only your hands are on the ground and you're spinning 
in a direction, in, in like a clockwise or anti-clockwise direction, I forgot, and you're hopping on the one hand as well. That's a cricket. I was able to do that. That was a breakdancing move, and that's considered a basic power move. Okay? It looks I only, hard as hell. <laughs> it, it is hard as hell. And I, I was only, I learned, I was able to do it in like when I got to year 11. And that's the only move I was proud of. Everything, I couldn't do anything else. I could do a six step. Probably <laughs> most people know what a six step is. A freeze, yeah, a freeze, uh, nice and easy. You just stop doing what you're doing. That's a freeze. <laughs> it can look stupid, but if it fits with the beat of the song, people will love it. Right. But when it's you do power thing. moves, it's it's completely different. And yeah, Jay Park, he was a b-boy. He could do that crap. He would rip me apart <laughs> if we ever met and did a breakdance <laughs> battle. He would win all the turf that I had to offer. He would just take it all and go, "Thank you, Henry." Uh, and also, don't talk to me. Don't talk about me in your podcast. <laughs> well, lucky for us, but primarily you, b-boy Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Park's retiring. Oh, is he? So in April 2019, on Twitter, Jay Park. That was tweets, two years ago. Was yes. that two years ago? Yeah. Oh Jesus! Oh, I'm hell out of this. <laughs> okay, go on. So he writes on Twitter, "I'm going to retire in a couple years. This is a promise to you guys and myself. Not a lot of space for guys like me left in this game." Okay, so here's how I took this, Jay Park. Mm-hmm if it isn't obvious, is an Asian. Is this him saying I'm retiring because of racism that he's experiencing in America under Rock Nation? Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, like, how do you interpret not a lot of space for guys like me left in this game? Well, I'm... I guess I can agree because if you think about it, there's not a lot of Asians in the music scene, especially in the West, and that are successful. Hip hop, especially hip hop in the US. Fact is, it's African American. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about, in a way, like they're not niche, but they give the impression to a general audience. It does feel like hip hop is a niche. Unless they, because they they know more about what's. I sort uh, of know what you mean. There is that whole cult music. where they they say underground. I'm underground hip hop. Yeah, they're talking about yeah. like true hip hop, mm, true right, hip hop right. stuff you don't hear on radio. Hip hop that's not on radio is like the true hip hop, the underground right. stuff, the niche. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they really call it that. that. So but are you yeah, saying so... that Jay Park feels there's no space in that scene for him? Well, number one is the competition. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number two, it's not something that trends. You don't hear straight hip-hop on the radio. You, you hear the big songs because they're trendy, but you don't hear all kinds of hip-hop that make yeah. up the scene of hip-hop. That's true. You, that's don't. True. you don't get that. So that's the other problem. There's, it just seems like there's not enough, uh, well, not necessarily money, but there's not really much to gain for him no matter how hard he pushes. That's one. Number two, that's just in the West. Now, imagine if he goes back into K-pop. His style is not a K-pop style. Compared to groups nowadays, like uh, like girl groups, Espa and, and Twice, and then the boy groups, let's yeah, say. Yeah, like Gravity, even, uh, Treasure, yeah. Yeah, even uh, BTS, right, comparing to right. BTS, but comparing to EXO, they it. J-Park's style is just not like that. He doesn't do 
trendy styles. He doesn't do that kind of music. It's mm. just not him. He's as much more expressive. It's not a not not really about symbols, symbolism. It's more about the ex- direct expressions and you know having that nice smooth hip hop and and hey, it's much more Western influenced. So competing with those other groups and K-pop has hella competition as well with whole bunch of groups. And half of them are pretty boys. Let's be honest. They're, they're all like good looking guys. The remember, it's like four, two, two members from BTS, or dude, two from GOT7, well, formerly GOT7 now, uh, are, are like the top, are in the top 100 sexiest men of 2020. Right. Uh, you right. can check it out in the end of your special for How Not to K pop. We, we, yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. So he's got competition both sides. J Park can't do much. So he's 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 got nothing left that he can really provide, unless I recommend he sticks with YouTube, go online. Well, here's what he said he is going to do from his retirement, quote unquote, onwards. He said this in September last year, uh, 2020. Mm. If you're listening in 2030, bleep bloop, hello. I'd continue to manage my label since I have the abilities, knowledge, and network of the industry. I'd continue to do that, but I won't come out to film content, music videos, go on TV, or model for magazines. That's what I'm retiring from. And I think this is a power move that a lot of the second wave idols should do now, such as his former mates at 2PM. Maybe they should go into this kind of background roles, producing hosting, emceeing, if they're not already, and just staying active in entertainment, but in the background or in a different medium like TV. So you're saying Jay Park's trying to uh, pave the way <laughs> for future idols who, <laughs> after finishing their their lifestyle of being a K-pop idol, they can then move on to background work in, in the entertainment uh, industry. I just right? think that's good for the fans because it means fans still have that opportunity to see their beloved idol it's not like the idol retired became an accountant and you're never going to see them again or or you see the (laughs) idol who uh used to be famous suddenly he's he's the bodyguard that that protects the current idol and (laughs) he has to jump in line and and get hurt by by random crowds of fans oh goodness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's protecting this this nineteen year old idol. <laughs> he's in his cry, and at night he cries to himself, looking at this old photo of his past, him and his past members. How <laughs> he when he was nineteen years old, <laughs> a former K-pop idol who became a bodyguard had to do the same thing for him. <laughs> well, that's no, that's exactly it. That's a reality that idols face. What comes after my career? Because it has to end eventually, unless you're a mega, mega legend like Rain or someone. I just... Oh, girl, girl's generation. Right, right. <laughs> Big bang. They do have to very seriously think about life after their K-pop careers. And there's so many sadder stories where oh. they sort of just become sort of low-income freelance models or stuff like that, like infomercial actresses or actors, you know, it becomes a bit, it's just sad. Yeah, yeah. So I think that J-Park won't become that because of these moves he's making, and that's why he's so smart. 
But there, yeah, it does seem like there have been former idols that have gone into more shady areas, not necessarily because they want to, but because they end up getting pushed into it. And that is a story for another episode, which there are groups that have gone down that road, or more specifically, members or former members from groups that disbanded groups that have gone down that road, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily through their own decision making, but forced into it. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, definitely definitely an episode in the future. So stay tuned for that one. <laughs> you'll, you'll know you'll know which one it is when we announce it. That brings to a close another episode of How Not to K-pop. Cover J Park. You know, a legend, someone I've actually seen live once, and he was incredible. The performance was absolutely amazing, and he's a true legend of Korean hip-hop. Not specifically K-pop, but Korean hip-hop and rap. He is very respected and will go down in history as, well, a hustler, first off. The guy does so much work, and I think that he's made a couple missteps, but overall... An amazing artist. No, I I agree. Jay Park, he is successful in his own right. And at the start, when I'm saying he's like an unsuccessful version of Rain, well, if you're talking about what they both achieved, they're completely different areas. So they have achieved what they wanted to achieve, what they were capable of achieving. Is Jay Park successful? Absolutely. Is Jay Park uh, successful like Rain? No, because they're completely different people with completely different successes can't really compare them and i was wrong to compare them jay park you the man hopefully in five years you'll be back in you know doing some songwriting suddenly you're rapping and then singing again and then your youtube channel will be in the millions with views and then you'll have an album out let's actually end this with one last question Mm. jay park does anyone care well you do I care. I, I care. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, care. I think no. I think he has continued to have active fans, and no one's forgotten Jay Park. Partly because mm. of how much the guy hustles, and also he does a variety of content. For example, he appeared on a one of those talent shows. Asia's Got Talent. It was called. So just mm. he's always around and he's always in the scene, making moves, releasing music. It's that consistency that's kept him relevant. He hasn't had a scandal and just gone away for years and years. In a way, it feels like Jay Park is a good person to get in contact with in a, uh, so that you can meld the two industries of music, K-pop and the Western music scene together. He knows both worlds. Cool. So I'll, I'll email him after this. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do make music, so. Uh, <laughs> but basically, basically, you know, Jay Park, he can help you out with both scenes, and then because I want Jay Park to be relevant, I believe what he has to offer in the background can lead to a unification of both genres of music from you know, K-pop and the Western music scene. Even now, when you listen to BTS in the radio, you, you know BTS is Korean, and it's an outlier. It's the only Korean group you listen to on radio that you allow to listen to, and it's mostly jo- only just that one song. You don't listen to anything else. The rest is just uh, you know, Ed Sheeran, Shawn Mendes, Ariana Grande, whatever. And it's only just that one song, Dynamite, by BTS. 
even then, it just feels like Korean music. Sure, it's on the radio right now, but it still feels like an outlier. I, I know exactly what you mean, that J-Park mm. is more like a Korean in the American scene mm. uh, rather than a K-pop song becoming a hit in America. He is actually in the American scene and even releasing American music, I would say, mm. as yeah. compared to BTS, who are releasing Korean music in America kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. When I listen to Dynamite, it still feels like a K-pop track. Right. That just happened to be famous worldwide or in America. Yeah. Because they sing it in English, suddenly it's much more easier to play on radio in the West. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a bit more understandable. Not necessarily as cringy sounding when it's in Korean because people don't know Korean and they don't want to search up the lyrics to understand what it means. So, J-Park, please stay relevant. I believe you are a good way for newcomers or people who want to get into multiple scenes. I believe J-Park has the ability to really bring something like that and help these people to create new generations of groups and idols and stars and singers and rappers that then meld. Like having a radio station that actually plays both Western and Korean music. Yeah. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. He's the radio station. Boom. Okay, if you liked this episode, rate it. Rate it five stars on Apple. Rate it wherever you rate it. Give it a thumbs up. Like it on YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcast fix. Like, follow, subscribe. At Prod on Instagram. How not to K-pop. I'm Sean. That's Henry. Have a good night, guy. Well, I don't know if it's nighttime, but it was great. See you guys in the next episode. Till next time.